Black Men Cry Too is an invitation for men of color to feel safe to share their truth and unpack their hurt. This space was created for black men to feel empowered and know it's okay that they can cry too. Support for Black Men Cry Too comes from NYC's Heritage of Pride. Thank you so much, NYC Pride, for selecting us for your give back so we can encourage Black men to know that it's okay, that they can cry too. Another dope sponsor we have for this season of Black Men Cry Too is Black-owned Scotch Porter. Fellas, if you want the best products for grooming and wellness, head over to blackmencrytoo.com and follow the affiliate link for special inventory and special discounts. Let's not forget our special partner for this season, Happy Cork, where you can not only get the best wine and spirits, but you can get the best Black-owned wine and spirits with this Black-owned wine and spirits store in the heart of Brooklyn. Head over to happy-cork.com and let them know Black Men Cry Too sent you. On this episode of Black Men Cry Too, I get to sit down with Chris. Hello, hey, hello. Chris, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so awesome. much. Awesome. Let's kick this off with a shot. Uh huh. And then in true BSing with Chris fashion, we're going to drink after this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I always God say, let's do the shot. Damn. And you don't never finish it. And I it. never finish it because I just want to see the strength. Oh, my God. Y'all have. Uh uh-uh. uh. As men of color in this world, okay? Absolutely not. <laughs> well, as you're letting that digest. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> to kick it off, mm. I want to talk about like our generation and mm-hmm. the keywords in our generation. Keywords. We've come up with a lot of keywords like breaking generational curses. Mm-hmm. Um, and boundaries. Yes. It's like we learn new words in One the dictionary. My, <laughs> my too. <laughs> right. And just ran with them. Right. But when you think about it, it kind of shows the fake contradiction of who we used to be. Yes. So a lot of times we're seeing we're breaking a lot of our own toxic traits. Mm-hmm. What moment did you realize, you know what? This person that I am doesn't fit this person that I see myself becoming. Um, damn, that's a good question. <laughs> so the thing about I mean, it hi. is, right, I mean, you know, we just started, but uh, <laughs> hi, my name is Chris. Uh, no. How you doing? <laughs> right. No, um, I think for me, it finally hit me back um, November 2020. And by then I had already been, I started therapy in January 2020. And then obviously the pandemic. Ooh, before the panty. Right. Think of- right before. And I initially had went into it thinking I was going for... Um, anger issues. Come to find out, I do not have anger issues. <laughs> My therapist was like, no, you just react appropriately to certain situations. Mm. And anger in some situations is appropriate. Mm-hmm. So I think, and then I took a little bit of a break from therapy. I don't know why. And then back in- How no- long was the break? I want to say two months. And at that point, I kind of felt my life kind of just, it wasn't going in the right direction. And, you know, to no fault of my therapist, because she's fantastic. She's fantastic. Um, But in November, it just kind of clicked. And I just, I I hit her back up. I was like, (laughs) ma'am, 
<laughs> I need you. <laughs> Where, Excuse me. Hi. Right, I, come take my money again. Damn it. Um, no, I, in November, it finally clicked. And I was just like, you cannot continue living your life this way. I was depressed. I was annoyed. I wasn't happy with uh, my job. And then I, again, like I said, started going to therapy again in November and literally my life started changing again. Mm. In December, a month later, I transitioned into a new role at my job, mm -hmm. making more money. Okay. And then, and then I started just personally, for me, seeing a change in myself. And that had to do with, you know, personal, personally, professionally, everything started changing. And I cannot tell you, like, up until now, people look at me and they're like, yo, you look so different. Have you lost weight? I'm like, I ain't lost weight. Stop trying to fucking, like, <laughs> don't but disrespect me. I mean. You, in a sense, you, so I mean, literally, yes. but then you lost yes, that weight that you were yes. carrying. There's a lot of weight lifted from my shoulder right. since November. And yeah, like everybody's, like even, you know, I went out recently and they were like, damn, you look good. And I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> it's that glow you know when you when you start leaving like the dead weight behind Literally. it kind of changes your aura yeah and people really notice it and it's a beautiful thing i agree i <laughs> also had the same similar situation when i started going to therapy people started picking up on it because the way i was speaking yes they were like wait a minute yes and it was speaking and reacting. And I liked how you said um, you don't have anger issues. It's mm -hmm. your reacting. Yeah. The way that I've recently been telling people is, please stop being upset with me for reacting. Yes. Off of something that you initiated. Right. <laughs> how do you handle that when people are sort of, another key buzzword, being a narcissist in a sense where they're upset with you for reacting off of something they triggered? Yeah. Um, I realize, like, for myself, I am easily gaslit. Um, and I don't know why, but you can literally, like, well, prior, not currently, mm. but prior, like, you could literally tell me something was my fault, even though it wasn't my fault. And I'd be like, you know what? I'm so sorry, whatever, blah, and never even step back to think, well, why did I react in that manner? No, it was automatically, it's my fault. It, it is what it is, you know? And now... I now I take a step back and I think about it. I'm like, oh, hold up. We're going to talk about it. You want to talk about this? Because we could talk about you it. want to bring the receipts. Right, the right. Exactly. And I think it's, it's again, that's a boundary that I started setting for myself. Because I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm very intelligent. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to, you know, sometimes emotionally I can be dumb. And it's, I think that's for everyone, you know. But um, I don't think it's dumb. I think it's we can be moved by people that we care about. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah. Because And then give them a little bit more leeway. Like yeah. you can get away with this a little bit more than, you know, say somebody Coming off on the, the street. street. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I didn't even think about it that way. That's true. But yeah, like for me, yeah, ain't no more gas lighting up in here. <laughs> How do you stay and stand firm in your boundaries? So. <laughs> It's Especially <laughs> when you feel like, so it's a two-part question. Mm -hmm. How do you stand strong in your boundaries? Let's say when those boundaries have to go against your family and your family being like your parents <sighs> and feeling comfortable basically defying your parents. And then the follow-up is 
You know what? I'll let you answer that okay. first. Okay. We'll go Just know that. another one is coming. <laughs> well, for me, I feel like, and um, again, therapy, you know, when we look at our parents, we look at them like they're superheroes. Mm. And then when you start going to therapy, you start realizing they're not superheroes. Big, they're actually just, beings. right. They're regular ass people like us. And, you know, they did the best they could with what they had. And, and what they knew. And what they knew. And back then, obviously, I'm Dominican, so... We're supposed to be macho. You know, even being gay and being Dominican, it it conflicts, you know? Mm-hmm. And and then obviously like being a black man. It's it's just it everything contradicts. So growing up, my like I was lucky enough to have parents who seemingly accepted me for who I <laughs> for I being gay. Seemingly because I found out a couple of years later, like, you know, so we'll get to that. But uh <laughs> but um now I'm off track. Child. Anyway, so yes. So therapy made me realize and really made me look at my parents and re- like look at them and just be like, you know what? I love you for who you are. But there are moments where if you step out of line, either I have to step away or I have to check you. Mm. And with my mom, I've been checking her. My dad doesn't really step out of line because um, he's just he likes to have a good time. He's fun. But my mom has a bit of a smart mouth, kind of like me. Like, that's where I get it from. Like, the apple does not fall that far from the fucking tree. It really doesn't. But for me, I I have to check her. And, and, And it is what it is, you know. And I feel like once I started doing that, it was so weird for her. And I'm like, man, this is this is the way it is now. And you just got to deal with it. <laughs> I still love you, though. Mm-hmm. The love is still the there. You still and the my, respect. And the respect. Still. I will always, you know. And there are moments where, like, I have a conversation. Like, me and my mom, are like, our relationship is so friendly like i'll be like bitch you know whatever like i that's just how i speak real friendly like that's how i speak to my mom and whatever the case and and you know she's fine with it but we do still have those like i definitely have to set boundaries with her because i'm like girl you can't be saying that loose stuff around me like we gonna have issues here (laughs) how did you get your mom comfortable with your boundaries i don't think she is and I and and I know this because whenever she starts talk like whenever she calls me or talks to me, it's always a little weird mm. for her because sometimes she doesn't know what, what yeah. And I'm like, you can say whatever you want, just know that if you say something wrong, I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna put it on pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like there was one time like I would call my mom almost. Cause she, she lives in Florida. So I would call my mom almost every day. And then the phone, as, as I got busier, the phone calls stopped, you know, I didn't call as often. So one time I remembered I hadn't spoken to her in like two weeks, okay. which is so weird, you know? And she called me and she's like, did I do something wrong? And I was like, girl, let me tell you, you ain't do nothing <laughs> wrong, but you know, but that's her. I feel like that was her understanding and realizing like, mm-hmm. okay, he has boundaries. Did I overstep Oh, a boundary exactly did i do something wrong did i say something wrong and i'm like girl my life is a mess right now i am so busy with work the new role that i got and i'm like i'm so sorry and you know but yeah so she she i feel like she sees the boundaries and i'm like it's fine you can toe the line but <laughs> I'm you get you that know. pass because right. mom right. but i'm still gonna correct you along the right. way exactly Exactly. And I like how it seems like your mom is trying, even if she isn't comfortable. Yeah. She knows this is what's needed in her relationship with you. Yes. And she loves you so much that she's going to try to adjust to them. Absolutely. How do you sort of respond, feel, react to those that you do love that 
aren't your mom when you put boundaries and they can't accept them? It's weird because it kind of changes relationships. Mm. And say that three they, times. <laughs> and 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 it's like they don't know. First of all, these boundaries are new to me. So yeah. if they're new to me, they're gonna be new to you. I'm still adjusting to them. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you're still gonna be adjusting to them too. Until mm-hmm. I feel like they're set in stone or in place. But the thing about boundaries is that they're forever changing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's it really changes how people view you. And like they'll look at you and be like, wow, like you're not the same person. And I'm just like, I you're right. I'm not. And I will continue not being the same fucking person. Right. You know, and I think that's what um a lot of people you know, they they look at you and they're like, wow, you've changed so much. So you can take it negatively or you can take it positively. And for me, I know I'm going to take it positively because the person you thought I was, or not even that you thought I was, the person you knew is no longer that. here. I love that. Yeah. And I think it's interesting when people have that notion because in a sense, it's you're upset with me because I'm growing. Right. <laughs> like, what are we supposed to do in life? Stay yep. stagnant and miss out on opportunities and miss out on being the better you? Yes. So when you run into situations like that, do you ever feel, I mean, of course you do, because anytime you step away from someone or realize you need to readjust someone, it's like, well, this is still someone I love. Mm-hmm. But do you still feel comfortable enough to move forward and be like, if this person isn't accepting of change or doesn't want to grow, like this is just not someone I can continue to keep in my personal space yeah. because they may have the potential to bring me downwards to where I just grew from. Right. Like, how do you sort of maneuver or look at people in that light? Like, I love you, but I need to keep you at an arm's distance. Yeah. And so for me, I, before I would definitely be like, no, I, you know, I have to, I have to be friends with whomever or stay with whomever. Now I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. Like that energy, I could be putting my energy into something else than dealing with whatever it is that you think that you're trying to put on me. And no, 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 no. I'm walking away. (laughs) I'm walking away. Yeah, I, mm mm-mm. It kind of brings me to like obligations. Mm -hmm. And another key buzzword where I was like, "Mm, (laughs) redefining this definition. It almost feels like we have an obligation to people, like you said, the loyalty or the time we spent with someone. And then it kind of plays into people feeling obligated in their relationships. Yeah. Like we've been through thick and thin and hell and back. And I remember one of my girlfriends asked me, well, if he came back and he was a reborn person and I responded to her. So I have to sit and tell my child that I went through hell and back, burnt myself three times just so they can be here. This is how me and her father came about. Like, no, that (laughs) because then that's going to teach my child that this is what you should do. You should like continue taking abuse from someone until they get it together. But then it's this weird part of, do you feel guilty for turning your back on someone who needs help to grow? Do you ever like have that guilt? No, (laughs) no. I maybe the old me would have, but no, I don't. I feel like if you, you know, when, whenever you're with someone, you're never gonna be growing at the same time. And what, you know, one's going to be ahead. The other one's, you know, going to be catching up, but as long as both are willing to work mm-hmm. on that, and I think it should be okay. But this is a new generation. We're not going to sit back and just be like, 
oh, well, my parents were together 36 years and I'm and I, that's what I want. No. And they haven't talked to each other for 12. Right, right. They don't even sleep in the same bed. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. But do you realize and understand what these people went through? Especially, the, like I said, the older, the older generation, cheating, ba- extra babies. Multiple families. Multiple families, you know. And, and it's just like, so you're, you know, you want all those years together. But you don't know what they went through to have to do that and you know like you said you know going through all that abuse abuse isn't just physical there's that emotional mental and it takes a toll on you eventually and i think that's what like um like that's what happened to me in november like mentally i was just like ding you need to get your you need to get your your stuff together you know um, but in regards to relationships, no, I don't feel guilty, whether it's, um, a friendship, um, a, a partner. I don't know if, if I gotta go, I gotta go. I, <laughs> I like my bags have been packed. Right, hello. Like if, yeah, I can't, cause I can, I can no longer, if I, if I can, I, I can only work on myself. Mm. I can't work on you too. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's not going to work. And it, you know, and since it ain't going to work, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> And I like how you said, like, I have to work on myself. I can't work on you. Mm-hmm. And it kind of brings into there's couples therapy. Yes. There's family therapy. Mm-hmm. There's, I feel like friends have gone. I've heard stories of Hello, friends yes. going to therapy together. I've seen nothing wrong with that. At all. Like, if you need a mediator, in a sense, mm-hmm. to help sound out both sides because you care so much of the relationship. Like, I think that's perfectly fine, however yeah. the mediator looks. But with that, like, how do you sort of navigate doing this together and separately? Mm -hmm. And then how do you see when it's time to be like, okay, as we're going through this together, let's say like couples therapy, for an example, as we're going through this journey together, we're realizing this isn't the journey we should be on together and recognizing like, okay, we Mm -hmm. were literally here to figure this out for each other. Right. You were my lesson. You were my experience. How do you sort of like take that in? separate applicably yeah i think with okay so the thing about it is you can do all the couples therapy you want that's fine especially if you're in a relationship but you also need to go to therapy on your own Mm -hmm. and not just oh we're we got to go together no i've been a couples therapy I don't like couples therapy. And the reason why I don't like couples therapy is I always felt like I was being attacked. And maybe I was going to the wrong, maybe we were going to the wrong therapist. I, you know, maybe I, I don't know, but, um, I didn't, I didn't like it because it just, I feel like what therapy does, it kind of magnifies your issues and gives you the proper way to, you know, work on it. And therapy, especially couples therapy, it made me realize like, damn, am I the problem? You know, you, you know, you have those thoughts going on in your head. Whereas when you don't, when you go to a single therapy, okay, you, you know, you're, you're, you're like, you're told what the issues are and you're able to work on it. But when you're in a couples therapy, you got to work together. Mm. And if you ain't willing to work with me, and if I'm coming out of couples therapy each and every time pissed, <laughs> I want to work with you. I, I want this to end. You know what I'm saying? But um, separating amicably, it, it, it it's it's a part of being mature. Mm. It's a part of growth. It's a part of realizing that my love for you is stronger than what I dislike about you. Mm. And I need to look at those aspects and be like, you know what? I love you so much, but I know that we 
can no longer be together, mm -hmm. you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, and obviously there's going to be emotions involved and, and, and mixed feelings and it's going to be hard, you know, but at the end of the day, if two people can sit, sit down, literally sit down like how you and I are and be like, you know what, listen, I love you. This shit ain't working. <laughs> it's time for me to move on, you know? And when you, when you can do that and you realize that you're able to do that, you really reach a different level in your life and a new high. It's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I can see it like your yeah. aura is giving it off. <laughs> like it's all in the room, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but what I think is interesting, too, is I feel we see a lot of relationships. And we just said it when we were talking about like our parents generation. You guys have been together for 36 years. Yeah. You stopped speaking for 20 years. Yeah. And it don't even like each other. <laughs> and in our generation, what you see more of is, are you afraid to tell me that you don't like me? Uh, it, it, we kind of have like both things. There's someone that stays yeah. long because of the time length because they're afraid to hurt the other person, mm -hmm. so to speak. And then you have the other extreme, which is let me just ghost and disappear. So I don't right. have to have the conversation. <laughs> like, what do you think is the fear of our generation actually having the conversation and being like, hey, so it could be me, but just you just ain't it for me. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. And we just can't do that. I think our generation, as much as we like to talk, we don't We're like hella to chatty. Talk. I didn't right. realize that. We don't like to talk. You know what I'm saying? So, so, and, and then to put on top of that, talk about our emotions and how we're feeling. And then on top of that, have me having to tell you that I don't like you. <laughs> Hell no. I'm walking <laughs> away. I don't want to have like, this conversation. Like, yeah. But at the end of the day, like not everybody's for you. And people need to understand that, that mm -hmm. not everybody is going to be for you. Mm -hmm. And that is okay. So I feel like the other person, whoever you're talking to, they need to understand that as well. Like, you cool, but no, this ain't gonna work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it, like for me, I need this for me. Yes. You just don't have that for me. Correct. But you have all these great things. Right. And that's gonna fit somebody else. Somebody else. Who's it ain't gonna be me. Not me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not I, not this person. <laughs> and in terms of relationships, when you're like dating, mm -hmm. so dating in this world mm -hmm. is completely new too. <laughs> I hate the idea of like, don't talk about your past or don't say this or don't say that. And people will hide their past. Mm -hmm. And then I always feel like those that hide their past, their past comes back and like haunts them. Well, yeah. not haunts them, but makes an appearance. And now you have to have this awkward, like, oh, now there's this elephant in this room and this elephant is your past. Right. And this elephant came with luggage and shit. Like, <laughs> and it's here to stay, apparently. <laughs> right. Where was my warning yeah. sign? We're also afraid to be honest with people that we're starting out with. And I think, mm -hmm. and I'm curious your thoughts, does it come to the point of one, either being vulnerable mm -hmm. or admitting either faults that that person may have had in that relationship? Yeah. Um, for an example, I thought of someone who had said, like, their partner asked them if they had ever cheated in their past. Mm -hmm. And they like try to quickly get past that conversation. And their partner had it buzzing in their head. Like, why didn't right. they tell me? Why what? can't you be honest with me? Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm curious if like in dating as well, are we able to be open about our past? Is it even welcoming? Should we do it? I think it's fine. If the person asks, just answer the question. Like, it's not a big deal. If, if they really want to judge you based on your past mm. and they don't want... 
then that's not the person for you. And that is okay. There is nothing wrong with that. I was fine without you. I mean, I yeah, I, I you know, it, it is what it is. But um, I think it's okay to be open. Like, I... I'm so open. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll tell anybody like, oh, open yeah, I, right. I was with somebody for 12 years or whatever. I was married. You know, I don't care. Mm-hmm. It, that that part of my life doesn't define me. But, you know, have you cheated? Yes, I have. Like it. it, it and it doesn't mean that I'm going to cheat in the future. Don't mean I'm going to cheat on the you. The once a cheater, always right. a cheater. That's not always the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you count the past, then, yeah, I'm always going to be a cheater. But going in the future, you know... F- I'm not, I just, no, 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 be open. And like, it's, it's annoying that people don't want to be open because people are scared to like, like be vulnerable and child, I'd be so vulnerable now only because of therapy. (laughs) If I did not go to therapy, I'd be like, I would be a list as much as I'm an open book with my life. When it comes to the, you know, back then to be emotional or to be vulnerable, it was very difficult. So I can be vulnerable and be very open now because of therapy. Y'all, y'all going to hear that word. <laughs> what about, I talk about it all the time. What about therapy lets you be open and vulnerable? I think it, 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 it puts me in tune with my feelings and things that I always thought I should be running away from. And always thinking, no, I shouldn't feel this way because that's wrong. When in reality, it's like you have to accept these things about you because it's who you are, you know, and there's nothing wrong with who you are. And I think a lot of the times um, that's what makes me feel that I, I, I can be open and I can be vulnerable and I can share my feelings with whoever, you know. I like how you said running away from because mm-hmm. in a sense, I think of it as those that don't want to admit their negative traits or their faults Mm -hmm. or their flaws or what rattled their emotions or what threw them off. And I know I used to do that as well. Like, "Mm, no, I'm being unbothered. Like, no, I'm still a bad bitch and he got me fucked up. And (laughs) And then I turned to a point where I was like, no, he really didn't get me fucked up right. and fucked me up off right. of that. Like, I am fucked up off of this shit right and I'm here. Bothered. Right. And I'm bothered. I'm bothered. <laughs> right. And then there's on the flip side, it also makes me face me. And yes. I do feel like people are afraid to face themselves. Yes. And curious of what made you, one, comfortable to face yourself, as well as what's making our generation uncomfortable to face mm. ourselves. Yeah. Um, (laughs) he said I think for me like being uh, I mean like you said we don't want to focus on our negative traits especially with this generation like oh be positive be positive be positive listen the world is freaking negative how are you supposed to be positive right yin and yang if there's positivity there's negativity and there is nothing wrong with negativity at times as long as you don't wallow in it thank you you know you don't you know if, if you're in a bad headspace you know deal with it accept it because a lot of people don't like accept it because they just try to put a mask over it with positivity if you in a bad if you in a negative mood okay accept it but also know what you need to do to get out of it Mm -hmm. and but yes like people don't like to be uncomfortable and that's just really like one of the biggest things is like i 
I'm learning how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm, you say my favorite line <laughs> ever. I'll be preaching it. I'm really learning it. And I feel like, again, since November, I've really opened up more. I'm breaking out of my shell. Um, I realized I held myself back a lot by, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to do that because I know, I know I'm, I'm not going to like it or I, I'm, I'm, I feel uncomfortable. So I really held myself back from doing a lot of things. And now I'm not going to say yes to everything. <laughs> like cause, count cause boundaries. Me as a baby. Right, because boundaries. But <laughs> I I will say yes to certain to certain things. Like typically I would probably not go out on a like a Monday or a Tuesday. Now I might, you know, like I mean that's not, but that's a step forward for me. You know, another person might listen to me and be like, you not gonna go out on Monday or Tuesday? Well that's you and but you would, and that's right. perfectly fine. But me I want to be at home watching some TV, eating my Chinese food, unbothered, you know, and but that's getting out of your comfort zone is is difficult, but it's worth it. Do you feel like it sort of also comes into like your intuition, like learning how to to trust Mm -hmm. trust it as well as recognize it? Like you can trust your intuition, make a decision and be like, this was the wrong decision. (laughs) Yes. Should have stayed home. All the time. Should have had the Chinese. The right. I don't know why I said yes to coming out tonight. <laughs> right. I knew not to do it. Right. And then you come back home and you'd be like, that was my intuition. Like, let me yeah. lean into it more. Do you feel like therapy helped that yeah. a little bit? Definitely. It definitely did. I mean, my intuition is spot on. I will say that. Like, I, there are moments where I'm like, are you psychic, Chris? Because, and like, some of my friends, and like, they would be like, yo, how did you know? I'm like, I just be knowing. Just be knowing. Um, But yeah, like I lean into my intuition a lot now. And before, like when when people would like ask me, let's do this, let's do that. I'd be like, no. And then I'd feel bad about it. And yeah, and then feel. And now I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm good. And stand in that because at the end of the day, if that's not what I want to do, that's not what I want to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. And you ain't finna guilt trip me into it either. <laughs> but do you also believe that the guilt trip is a sense of <clears throat> another key buzzword? Mm-hmm. Manipulation. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And what do you think allows us to be manipulated by others? And manipulation comes in mani- manipulation and narcissism is a spectrum. <laughs> and I want people to start recognizing and yeah. embracing the spectrum. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> I had to throw that out there. That was my own little tidbit. What was the question? Because <laughs> she, listen, she made points. <laughs> how do you, uh, why do you think you allow people to manipulate you? And how can you sort of, because you had mentioned earlier, you mm-hmm. were allowing people to gaslight you. Yes. So how do you allow people to sort of manipulate your decision? Like if you know in your intuition, I don't want to go out. Like, mm-hmm. no, like you're not going to guilt me. But then there's sometimes where you're like, fine, I'll bend and yeah. then instantly regret it. I mean, listen, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it really depends on the person like I like somebody off the street ain't going to be able to manipulate me. But somebody I love or friends probably will like it's it. But at the end of the day, um, <laughs> I don't bend as quite often as like before. And now it's just that growth that I had where I'm like, I'm I'm an adult like I'm in my 30s. Like, I'm not a child. You can't you can't you do this to me. Right. You don't you can't do this to me now. So now it's just me standing in my truth and being like, I'm good. Manipulation. Don't live here no more. OK. <laughs> and in standing in your truth, 
are you able to comfortably stand and share your faults in a sense to like help others? Because there's people who can stand in their truth oh, and be like, yeah. yeah, you know, I went through that shit and look good. And then there's others to be like, yeah. And this is the part I played. Mm-hmm. How do you find the strength to be like, this is my truth and this is my fault? Yeah, I know I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect at all. And I feel like me sharing my faults Actually, I feel like it gives me and my character, like me, a little bit more character. Mm. And people really realize, like, okay, this, he's being, he's honest. He's he's open. (laughs) He's honest. He's open. And, you know, and I feel like just being like that is, it honestly is a blessing. It's a blessing. It can come back to bite you in your your ass, but, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it is somewhat of a blessing, honestly. It's almost like the relatability. Yeah. Because it allows people to be human first. Where I feel like we step outside and we're like, and action. Exactly. And it's like, and no. Right. I mean, and and as as human beings, we wear many hats. You know, brother, sister, parent, Mm -hmm. co-worker. You know, and and it's just like when you finally get to go home, you get to take all that off. Mm. But then when you step outside that door... You got to put all them hats back on, and it, it can be, it can be frustrating at times. But being open with people and letting them know, like, hey, this is who I am. Yes, I'm amazing. That's not even the question. <laughs> but I'm not perfect, and here are some of my faults. And I'm, I'm capable now. I am capable of admitting my faults. So if you tell me I was wrong, and I actually, and I think about it, and I know I was wrong. I'll apologize. But if I was gaslit into thinking I was uh, I was wrong, baby, you ain't getting this apology. <laughs> but what if you aren't gaslit into thinking you were wrong and someone um, is trying to, like, tell you that you were wrong? How do you stay for him and, like, we're going to have to agree to disagree? That, yeah, that's it. That's it. it <laughs> there's no more discussion to be had. I love it. <laughs> like, that's it. Sometimes do you ever look back to, like, where you were then and where you are now and sort of wish like, damn, I wish this came sooner. Or do you ever feel like this came right on time for me? It came right on time. I am where I'm supposed to be. And I couldn't be happier, honestly. I probably the happiest I've been in a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. And what exactly? You can see it. You can. Look at the material. You can. (laughs) You definitely can. But what I'm curious about is because because people can see it too, right? Yeah. How do you internally be like, no, this is happiness? Because back then, who's to say we didn't think we were happy? Right. And we I, were telling I ourselves was, we were happy. Right. And there were moments when I was. Right. You know what I'm saying? And now it's. Is it redefined or yes, is it okay. redefined? It definitely is. It's 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 because at at different stages in your life, mm-hmm. your happiness is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Not every. It's not you know. It's not always going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for me at this stage in my life, this is what happiness looks like. So happiness looks like Chris. Yes. So Chris, mm-hmm. what would you tell a young, a young person of color? Any words of advice that you wish that <laughs> someone gave you back mm-hmm. then? It gets better. It always does. Like as you get older, yes, like you're gonna be. There's gonna be a lot of things that you're gonna have to deal with, but. Go to therapy. Mm. First thing <laughs> Start, you should do, right? Find your therapist. Find a therapist now, and a good one. Uh, but yeah, definitely. 
I it's like, and I tell that to everyone, and no matter your age, I'm like, just go to therapy. So to any young person of color, I just be like, go to therapy. It's okay to be open. It's okay to be emotional. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be in tune with that part of you because a lot of the times it's viewed as a feminine trait. Mm. And I feel like, and especially as a gay man, I have to, I have masculine traits and feminine traits. And I feel like all of us do, Mm -hmm. regardless of, you know, what men be saying, they have, you know, um, but it's about balance. It's definitely about balance and knowing to be in tune with those emotions. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's totally okay. But Go to therapy so you can keep those emotions in check. <laughs> I was going to make like a really weird analogy. Just follow me here. Mm-hmm. It's almost like to me, the men that are very hesitant to being vulnerable, like they're constipated <laughs> because you're constipated with yes. all of these emotions and feelings. And I think of it that way when they yes. actually take the time to unload mm-hmm. on those that they feel safe with. You literally feel like, yo, did I just get shit on? Like this yeah. nigga just right. took a shit in my house. Like, and, damn. And when you're holding all that in, it manifests in different ways and it can manifest in anger. And that's, and however you let your anger out is whether it's physical, mental, mm-hmm. like, like it, it, yeah, it's not cute. It's not cute. So like I said, I thought I was going to therapy for anger issues. I do not have anger issues. Thank you very much. I have people issues. <laughs> I have people, I have people issues. triggering me right. issues. Exactly. Gaslighting me, manipulating me. And we are here today full of happiness. <laughs> and then my favorite question. Mm-hmm. Hardest question ever. Yes. Three songs uh-huh. that you listen to mm-hmm. in or out of a mood. In whatever mood? Whatever okay. mood you want. So you can be so, like, this song brings me into when I need to get a good cry yeah. going. This song is like, I don't want to go to the gym. This will make me move my ass. Yeah. Okay. So the first song is Honey by Mariah Carey. Okay. It's actually the first song I've ever heard by her. Okay. Yeah. So I was a little gay boy, you know, just moved to Virginia and I turned on MTV and it was the first music video I had actually ever seen. What? Yes. And I was like, yes, mm, who is this woman? That video was, but okay. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, Honey always, no matter what mood, well, I mean, anything Mariah Carey, just put it on, I will rock to it. Um, I love. You must love Christmas time. You know, <laughs> I am not a huge fan of Christmas, but, you know, I love the song. Okay. Um, That's the only song I will let rock, but as soon as I hear it, I'm like, and right, we're here. Right. Why is it, why is it playing in July? Like, <laughs> You're like, what? Um, you know, but you know, that's when she starts getting ready for Christmas. She I know. It's up in July. So yeah. we have like. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I love there was a song that came out not too long ago by Janet Jackson called Made for Now. And it's such a fun loving song that I'm just like, Janet, you better, girl. Mm-hmm. And basically the third song is anything Beyonce. Love her. And you just put her on and I get going. <laughs> So I like how you pick like three powerful black women. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, okay. I keep saying this, but yes, as a young gay boy, I looked up to. For me, divas are powerful black women singers. Like 
that's who they are for me. Aretha, uh, Gladys Knight, um, Patti LaBelle, mm. uh, Whitney Houston. I, these are favorite. my Mary All J. Blige. Favorite. Yes, yeah. I love, you know, so, and, but loving them makes it difficult for me to get into today's music because I'm like, you got all these, these singers who are just amazing. Singing from the depth. Right. And now these singers nowadays are like, and you're like, what? He ain't come home last right. night. Like, and I'm okay, like, sis. why y'all so angry? Y'all love them toxic relationships. Baby, go to therapy. <laughs> we gonna start a campaign that just says, baby, go to therapy. Right, like, as soon as you it. come over here with your shit, right. like, so if right. you make a left right. at the end of the hall, there's therapy, you can right. go right there. Well, Chris, thank yes. you so much for sitting down for with having us. having me. And BSing with us Yes, today. of course. As always, you can follow us and tune into the conversation at Black Men Cry 2, and that's T-O-O. -O. And tune in next time. Thank you.